welcome into the ESPN FC Daily. Kay Murray and LME here with you. Argentina, our World Cup champions. We have just witnessed a World Cup final for the ages. The two teams that were in this final already offered so much promise to us, but boy, did it deliver. Many wondered if the two stars of either side would shine. Boy, did they shine. This had it all, Luis Miguel Echegaray. What an amazing end to Qatar 2022. Hey, Mari, it has been an absolute pleasure to be covering this World Cup with you and all our colleagues and friends. And I don't say this lightly, the greatest World Cup final I have ever personally witnessed. It was majestic in every way, dramatic in every way. From the imperial Lionel Messi to the prodigal son of France, Kylian Mbappé, there was fight. There was comebacks. There was, of course, penalty saves and yellow cards. It was ridiculous. I think at some point, Kay, I started smoking up again back from my acting school days. I couldn't take it anymore. It was ridiculous. One of the most thrilling sporting events, never mind football, never mind soccer, sporting events ever. And Lionel Messi now, amazing. He has a World Cup trophy and tremendous from Argentina. South American champions are now the World Cup champions. The scenes at the end were just incredible to see and just so much was going on. It really, really was such a special moment. Ale Moreno is with us. Ale, there is so much to talk about in this final, but what's your biggest takeaway from it? Well, let me just mention there the fact that this is the best World Cup final he has ever witnessed. I'll go as far as to say... And I have watched a lot of football in my life as a player and now as a broadcaster for over two or three decades. And I can tell you, without any shadow of any doubt whatsoever, this is the best game I have ever seen. The best, the best. And, and, and we think of all the storylines and rarely do finals deliver on those storylines. Well, this final deliver on everything, on every level from every angle, from every perspective. It was Lionel Messi, it was Kylian Mbappe, it was Argentina, it was France. It was everything that you wanted to see in a game with all the drama included. And let me tell you, there were some people nervous everywhere. I have no connection with either one of these teams, right? I have nothing writing on this game. My son has nothing writing on this game. My wife, who couldn't care less about this game, she's watching and she can't, she can't, she can't get a hold of herself, right? This is the moment that we're living through, that you know you're watching something special and something you're going to remember. This was something else. It really, really was something else. I mean, we can go through the story of the game in a moment, but let's focus then on the big stars in this one. Lionel Messi, Luis, what, what a fitting end for him to this World Cup. So many eyes on him. I think what was so lovely as well, seeing at the end, I thought there might be more tears from him, but it felt as though it was more just relief and pure elation in those scenes at the end of the game. Yeah, absolutely. I think he was taking it all in, to be honest, Kay. I think that it's been a long journey, an arduous journey, not just in the fact that he's been looking for this World Cup title, but let's remember about the suffering he had, of course, after losing Copa America finals, the World Cup final in 2014 as well, how he at one point said, I'm done with this national team. Uh, you know, uh, at many points, he wasn't even considered as, as the son of Argentina from even his own Rosario faithful and, and everything that he has gone through. And then to add to the fact, Kay, that he's 35 years old. We're not talking about a, 
a player, a star in his mid-20s or even at the end of his 20s trying to get that win. He knows this was it. He knows this is the last opportunity. And he knows that he had the pressures, not just the weight of the team, but of a nation depending on him. So I think that in those last seconds after the final whistle, after the penalties were won by Argentina, he's taking it in. And to your point, I think he's just reflecting on not just this World Cup, but his entire story. I mean, it's incredible what we have witnessed. And, you know, we can go on about, you know, what I think of him and what we think of him as a player, greatest of all time. He didn't need this title for me. He just basically became an emphatic symbol of what he represents. And it's, it's amazing to witness, amazing for Argentina to be World Cup champions for the first time since 1986, when their other king, Diego Maradona, became their hero. Let's go into some blocks, shall we, then, Ale. First half, we see Lionel Messi scoring. Angel Di Maria, who was in the starting eleven, which was a surprise for so many as well. And then Deschamps having to make a double substitution in the 40th minute. Be honest, did you think Argentina had already won it at that point? No, I did not think Argentina had won it up until that point because we saw what happened and how quickly it unraveled against the Netherlands, a team that is more limited in the attack than France is. Let, let me just go back because you, you asked a lot of questions and, and unfolded a lot of things <laughs> in that first half. So let me just address a few things that were key. Angel Di Maria, I thought it was a risky decision, a brave decision by Lionel Scaloni, not only to play Angel Di Maria, but to play him on the left-hand side. I would have thought if you're going to play Di Maria, you're going to play him down the right-hand side to create a natural 2v1 situation because Mbappe is not coming back to defend. Instead, you send them over to the left-hand side, and then you condition the attack by Dembele, and you condition what Kunde is able to do down the right-hand side. And he became perhaps the most effective player that Argentina had in the attack. He has to come off because obviously he had no more legs left. But a guy who has struggled with fitness, and yet he came in and made such a difference. And this is a player, let's not forget, that had to miss the 2014 final because he was injured and it may have been a similar story here but he was given an opportunity by Scaloni in a big moment and he delivered finishes his chance on the counter-attack but beyond finishing his chance on the counter-attack I just thought he was yet another outlet in the attack for Argentina it wasn't just Lionel Messi you could find Di Maria and he was going to do something productive with the ball in terms of the substitutions by the Shams and and this is the second point I'll address about the first half it is another brave decision. It is another major and big decision by the champion saying, you know what? What we were trying to do is not working. And not only is it not working in terms of uh, the scheme or the tactics, but the, the attitude of the team isn't quite there. I need to change this right away, and I need to put a different personality. And it made a difference in the second half because the big bodies of Turam and, and of course, Kormoani, were a handful for Argentina. I, they, they didn't seem to be able to handle it, just like they didn't seem to be able to handle the big bodies of the Netherlands. Couple of big decisions from both managers, and they both got it right. And I tell you what, then we get to the second half. We're in the late stages as well. And those two goals in quick succession from Kylian Mbappe. What were you thinking when that happened, Ale? Uh, I was thinking Argentina's in trouble and they better get to this final whistle soon so that they can gather themselves and be able to, to kind of calm down, relax, take a breather and be able to then regain some momentum going into the extra time. But it looked like France, after those two goals and how quickly they came, 
and how out of nowhere they came. Because let's not forget, up until the penalty by Kylian Mbappe in the first goal, which, by the way, is a play that Otamendi could have just cleared initially. He doesn't. He gets into trouble. Colomani draws a penalty, and it's a penalty. And now Mbappe takes it on. Up until that point, there didn't seem to be a reaction from France. Up until that point, France were hitting balls straight out of bounds. Five-yard passes that they were not completing. There was no real life to this French team and no real chance. The penalty happens, and it's amazing how quickly a sense of belief and momentum really changes the dynamic of a game. And France got on top, and France looked like the more likely. And then Mbappe ties the game, and then after that, you think, oh, my goodness. If you're Argentina, you're saying, Mommy! And that is how they reacted. It's not like they got a hold of the ball. They were panicking a little bit. Everything that the possession that had been so clean and so clear in the first half, it wasn't towards the end of the second half. Finally, the game ends, and now Argentina kind of settled down a bit and were able to regain some momentum going into extra time. Yeah, just one quick word here. So much pressure, right? Yeah, I just wanted to say one quick word on Kylian Mbappe, by the way, who turns 24 years old in a couple of days. It's worth, you know, knowing the fact that, you know, he's the kind of player, and obviously Messi falls into that, Cristiano Ronaldo, other players in that stature. They don't need to be amazing for 90 minutes. They just need opportunities. And, you know, they may scuff a few of them, but every now and again, you will see absolute magic. And that's exactly what Mbappé did, single-handedly sort of lifting, resuscitating France in that first 90 minutes and then taking them in the next level. Full credit, by the way, to players like Marcus Turam, who came in, and knew that they had to deliver as well. But Mbappé, by the way, just amazing to just keep France in it. It was remarkable. And to, you know, Alice's point about the best game he's ever seen, you know, I'm not really disagreeing with that. It was just that remarkable because it was just such a beautiful story, up and down, down and up, dramatic, et cetera. And Mbappé takes a massive role in this. So, yes, he's surely upset, of course, but it's great that we know that we're going to see plenty, plenty more of him in the years to come. And then it continued into extra time and it was still just as entertaining. Upamecano playing a big part as well in extra time. Lionel Messi, ball goes over the line with 3-2 at this point, but we know there's still time left. And then France get a penalty. Mbappe steps up and takes another penalty and scores it. Ale, like in terms of the two stars in this one, many were wondering if they would make their mark in it, if they would really do so much in this one, if it was somebody else who would take the headlines. Surely, aside from the fact that it is Argentina winning the World Cup, these two guys are taking the headlines for either side, right? Yeah, there's so much going on in this game. And let me go back to the Messi goal in the, in the extra time. I thought he was offside. We were all watching it, and I thought that not him, but that Altaro Martinez, as the ball is played to him, that he was offside. The moment that the and 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 the assistant referee didn't help in that. He was raising his flag, but he's raising his flag because the ball had gone in from Messi, not because he was outside. But in all of that confusion, they show that replay in which you see down the line that Lautaro Martinez is on. And I can tell you, full disclosure, there may have been some running going on in, in the den that they were when we were watching the game. My son may have, may have been running around and jumping over tables and me telling him, you got to calm down, bro. <laughs> Can I watch the game? You got to calm down, son. All right? So uh, while this is going on, the attitude right away from Argentina, and mind you, we're talking about the 110th, 111th minute. The the attitude from Argentina is we're going to take the ball to the corner. And my first reaction was, "Eh, this is too early to be going to the corner. We can't. 
this is no 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 you got to go on to keep the ball you got to maintain possession of the ball you got to keep playing because france still has something in them and you think about how a, a game can change somebody's life think about gonzalo montiel and the fact that it is him who gets called for the handball as he turns his body away from Kylian Mbappe. Now Mbappe ties the game up. And as we go into penalties, and I know I'm, ju I'm jumping the gun here, it is Gonzalo Montiel that scores the winner. Life has a way of presenting opportunities for you, and it's whether you take advantage of those chances or not. And while Gonzalo Montiel may have been carrying a lot of pressure for that penalty because he is the one that by committing the handball takes this into penalties, he's able to deliver. That's, that's, that's yet another story within the story. But as we go back into Kylian Mbappe and being able to step up and take another penalty with all the pressure, he knows full well, full well what's at stake. He knows what's in play here. And he knows he is the right guy to take that responsibility for France and did it so well. Scores his third goal, hat-trick in the final, and yet he's unhappy. Well, I mean, anybody's going to be unhappy after this, isn't it? But in terms of the critics, what can they say against him in this final? As you said, Ali, a hat-trick in a final. He'd already scored in the 2018 final. And then to go and do this is just super special from Kylian Mbappe. We already know he's already hit the mark. We already know he's one of the best in the world right now. But this feels like even another level for him, Luis. The fact that at this level, once again, he delivered. He did what he could for his team today. Absolutely. They had, France had no right to get back into the game with 10 minutes to go in this, regardless of the mistakes by Argentina. They had no right because also Didier Deschamps had many things wrong for the majority of this game. And it took a few you know, adjustments specifically in the second to get it going. They had zero right, France, to make it this far. They had zero right to take it to penalties. And yet Kylian Mbappé continued to deliver. It's not just him because I thought Kamavinga was also excellent when he came on as well, you know, making up for a lot of lost time at the back as well. And also the aforementioned, uh, you know, uh, Turam as well. And of course, Upamecano, who delivered with two fantastic blocks uh, slash tackles. But Mbappé, I know he's not happy. He shouldn't be happy because ultimately France didn't win the World Cup. But like I said before, a tremendous individual performance. I mean, the second goal was remarkable, a remarkable finish. And it must have taken so much for him to do that. So you know, take nothing away from his individual brilliance. Surely, of course, France will be back as well. Uh, you know who is back as well here on the Daily is Mark Ogden. Mark Ogden, have you ever seen anything like that? That it was just an amazing game. I mean, people say was it the best World Cup final I've ever seen. It was the best final I've ever seen. It was probably the best game I've ever seen. It was just, <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, everything, it had everything. And it had two of the best players in the world absolutely coming up to level. I mean... Mbappe scored a hat trick and he's finished on the losing side. I mean, that is just the world. You scored a hat trick in a World Cup final and you're finishing on the losing side. I mean, that is just indescribable. But Messi, you know, I've watched Messi at times. I'm thinking, oh, he's 35 and he just can't get away from players. You know, and he is he going to be able to do it in the final against against France? And he did it. And he he was really, really trying everything to get that World Cup to get the goal. The got the, the shot that was saved by Lloris, even though he's not got the pace he used to have, he still got that in him to to make the difference and. I mean, <laughs> seriously, I, my, my wife and daughter was watching that game and they don't watch football and they were like screaming at it. That was just such a great game. That, that's the thing with the World Cup. People that you would never, ever watch. My, my daughter hates football and she's, you know, loving it. So what a game. I mean, what a game. I, I just can't stop saying it because it was just, 
finals are usually really boring. Finals are usually tense and, and games that, that everyone's frightened to lose. This was just ridiculous. Yeah. And I can't wait to the next World Cup now. How long is it? Three and a half years? <laughs> hey, Augie, here's a question for you. How many times did you press control alt delete and have to start rewriting your story once again over and over? Or were you being specifically mindful of how the narrative of this game was gonna go? Listen, oh, on <laughs> on 80 minutes, I was I was virtually done. 80 minutes and thinking, great, nice and easy. I'll dial into the YouTube show and we'll be away. But no, I, it was just it was a nightmare. So basically, because there's there's so much on this game, it's like it, it's messy, isn't it? Has he achieved the holy grail? Has he missed has he missed out on it? If Messi had lost, he'd never be able to look at the World Cup again. So I couldn't write anything because it was like it's just total contrast. And then you've got Mbappe, hat trick, hat trick wins the World Cup. Patrick loses the World Cup. I mean, so I couldn't write anything until basically the final whistle. And it's like, this is ridiculous. But that that is the job, you know, that and that that is why we love the job because it's it's on the edge and it's it's like, you know, it's the drama, it's the madness, and it's the I mean, cray. I mean, think about it. If it had gone the other way, I, I had to write a separate, but I had to write a second separate bit just in case Messi lost because we've got deadlines, we have to hit them pretty quickly. And it was like, I have to write something to, to just in case. Messi loses, so thankfully I pressed the right button and we sent the right piece, but, you know, <laughs> could have gone to the way. Well, so we've got to talk about the GOAT debate because there's been so much talk before this. If Messi wins the World Cup, will that finally settle it once and for all? And we're talking about all types of things here. There's the Messi-Ronaldo GOAT debate. There's Messi stepping out of Madara Maradona's shadow debate. And now Kylian Mbappe pops up and goes, hello. Second World Cup final for me, and look what I'm doing. So where do hey, you it's stand right. Hello, hello. right now, Ale Moreno? I don't know why we have to shoehorn Cristiano Ronaldo into this conversation. Are we contractually obligated to be doing this? For I don't clip, quite Alex. understand for why we go in this direction. For the uh, but to be honest, Ale, a lot of people did make this one of their tick lists, that they said, if Messi does this then, this means... Okay, great. I'm glad for those people. <laughs> they have their answer now. So can they move on with their lives now? Are they done with with this ridiculous and really, uh, honestly, unnecessary conversation in comparing Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi? I'm going to highlight Lionel Messi. Prior to this final, I would have given you the same answer I'm about to give you. I prefer Messi to Cristiano Ronaldo. And that's a personal taste. And it's no knock on Cristiano Ronaldo. I appreciate the things that he has done in the game. And he has been unbelievable, ridiculously good for so many years. But I prefer Lionel Messi. And I think he does things on the field that I can relate to and that I can appreciate much more so than the things that Cristiano Ronaldo can do. So that's it. For me, it's Lionel Messi. As it pertains, which I think is a far more uh, important conversation to be having, given where we are today and who we're talking about and Argentina winning the World Cup, is whether Lionel Messi has indeed stepped out of the shadow, if you believe he was in the shadow of Diego Maradona. It is very difficult for a person like me, born in the late 70s, that grew up with Maradona at every turn in South American football, that he was indeed the reference point for everybody who played the game in South America, unless you're from Brazil, you would look at Maradona as something else other than a person. 
he was an entirely different level. And yet today, Lionel Messi is undeniable. Undeniable. There is nothing else I can hang on to and say other than my emotional connection with Diego Maradona and what he meant to me as a kid and what he meant to us as a family and watching his games, gathering around the TV, watching his games and suffering and winning and enjoying everything that Maradona was. Other than emotional connection, I have no other argument. It is Lionel Messi. And he has gone to finals and has lost finals. And what I think is in, it's, it's, the, it's the most outstanding aspect of Lionel Messi's career with Argentina is that while there were many moments in which he could have chosen to turn his back, walk away and say, I don't need this, he kept coming back for the pain. He kept coming back for the suffering. He kept coming back for the criticism. He kept coming back, even in this World Cup after losing to Saudi Arabia. He kept coming back, and so did his team. I cannot deny Lionel Messi any longer. Lionel Messi is the best player in the history of the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Ali here. I'll be very quick. I'm just going to echo everything he said and, and just add a few things. I think the moment that you use World Cups, major tournament trophies as sort of the barometer for you know, greatness, you are diminishing everything that Ali was just saying in terms of his overall career. And I'm specifically talking about Lionel Messi. To me, even before this final, he was. Now, obviously, there's a little bit of a personal bias because I never had the fortune of seeing Pele live. You know, uh, I'm, I'm a little younger than Alejandro. So obviously, I, I only have vague memories of Diego Maradona from 1986 <laughs> and Napoli, etc. Hey, hey. The, the hairline doesn't say that you're younger than me, though. I, I knew, I knew, I knew he was going to go there. This is called hard work, Alejandro. Every day, oh, a lot of stress. I see. <laughs> you know what? I started this by complimenting you. Now, now you're coming at me. Come on, now. Hey, no, but listen. Yeah. Let me just let me We've just. Got a new rivalry here on the daily. Don't worry about Messi, Ronaldo. It's all about LA and LME. No, Ale wins. Don't worry about it. The only thing that I'm going to say to Messi, and I'll conclude it here, is to me, he's always been the greatest because he has, in my opinion, aside from the emotional connotations and the obstacles that he's had to do, he has delivered over and over again in the most impossible of ways. And the fact that now he has won this at 35 years old, pretty much transformed as a player, because let's remember that he, he had to, he suffered during COVID, like physically and mentally, he came to PSG and sort of retransformed himself. And then Obviously, through that, Copa American champion now winning the World Cup. To me, you don't need that to balance what he is. He's always been that because he defies so many things that many other players haven't had. Lionel Messi, the greatest player that's ever played. What about Keiko, you, Okay? I, I was just going to say, I, I think we have to pay you know, due respect to the people, that, the players that have gone in the past because Messi is the best of his generation, no doubt. Maradona was the best of his generation. Zinedine Zidane was the best of his generation. And there's a... I mean, look at Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo. I mean... These guys were amazing players. They were untouchable at their best. And I think it, it, it's almost disrespectful in many ways to say that Messi or Ronaldo or whoever is better than any of them because there's a clip that I saw on Twitter last night. Somebody's put together a, a maybe two-minute video of Diego Maradona being absolutely kicked off every pitch he played. The, the treatment he got was was brutal. Seriously, seriously brutal treatment, which Messi's not really had to put up with because the game's changed. And from an attacking player, it's, it's it, not it's easy to play, but it's... It's less dangerous to play. Maradona had to play like that every time he played. Even the World Cup final against Germany in 86, he was kicked off the pitch. So I think we should give respect to the players of the past and say Messi is the best of his generation. 
I don't know if he's better than Maradona. I mean, like, like Ale, you know, Maradona for me was just in a different league, different level. And I think, you know, Zidane was an amazing player. Romario was an amazing player. And I think we have to just give these guys the credit that they deserve at their, at their, at their peak. You know, in 10 years' time, there'll be somebody else that we're talking about as being potentially the best ever. It might be Mbappe. But right now, the best of his generation for the last 10 years has been Lionel Messi. And Ronaldo's not been far behind, but... You know, Messi's, Messi's won everything now. He's won the World Cup. And I think World Cups are the difference. World Cups, you know, there's, there are certain players that don't get a mention in the best player debate because they didn't play in World Cups. You know, people like George Best, who people who watch Man United will say he's the best they've ever seen. Never played in the World Cup. You can't measure him at that level because he didn't play in the World Cup. George Messi's Weyer, won- yeah. Yeah, George Weyer. You know, the, these players that, are, you know, Zlatan didn't play many World Cups. Did he play when it ended his career? I think, so World Cups make the difference. World Cups enable players to go that extra edge. They're, they're the summit of the game. You know, and if we talk about Messi and Maradona, it, they start the debate by saying putting medals on the table. And Messi and Maradona have both got a World Cup winner's medal now. Pele's got three, so he might say, well, I've got three, so there you go. But <laughs> it's World Cup winner's medals, and every generation has its legend and its star, and this is, and Messi is our generation. And, you know, who comes next, we don't know, but there'll be somebody. But yeah, and obviously there'll be all these chat again and everybody pitting one another uh, a player against another. Ale, before we wrap up on this game, who else stood out to you today for either side? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, okay. There are many players to highlight. Feel free, uh, feel free. Look, let's think about Diego Martinez, and not because he makes a save in the penalty kick shootout. What about the save that he makes on Colomuani at the end of extra time? The kick save. Uh, that keeps Argentina going to penalty kicks where it looked as if it was going to be over, over right then and there. Uh, that's obvious for me, but let's go sort of more in-depth about Argentina. I thought McAllister was outstanding, not only today, but throughout the course of the tournament. I thought Di Maria was fantastic. I thought that uh, you have played in Enzo Fernandez, who was not a starter for this team. And because of some of the early struggles of Argentina, he is presented with an opportunity. And since the Mexico game, he's taken that opportunity and said, yep, I am here, count me in. I will be an important part for this group. The effort and work of Rodrigo De Paul, who wasn't always the cleanest on the ball, but he was indeed the spirit of this team. The importance of a guy like Julian Alvarez, who again was not a starter. It was supposed to be Lautaro Martinez, but his endless willingness to move around, to press, to attack, to run in behind, to have this level of activity that allows then Lionel Messi to have a freedom that he wouldn't have otherwise. 
and, and those, that that's just a few from Argentina. And I, and I, I'm I'm focusing on Argentina because up until the Mbappe penalty kick, Argentina had been far superior. It all changed with that, and then Mbappe took over, and the big guys playing on top for France took over, and 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 then it became a different game. And that physicality of France of those big guys was too much for Argentina to handle. But up until that point, it had been a very dominant performance from Argentina. If I'm gonna highlight somebody in France, and I'm, I'm gonna more than a highlight, it's a low light. Coming into this game, one of the players that we had talked about as potentially one of the best players in the tournament was Antoine Griezmann, and he was rather quiet. And I think I would point the finger at Didier Deschamps in saying that when it seemed like Antoine Griezmann was actually getting a hold of the ball, getting more into the rhythm of the game, Deschamps said, no, you're coming off the field. And so what we were expecting from him in terms of a role in this final wasn't quite there. But I think a lot of credit has to be given with the midfield of Argentina and how good they were in that area, certainly for the first 75 minutes of the game. Yeah, continuing with that topic as well, when we look at the whole of the World Cup, and you might need a minute to think about this, guys. Let's talk about breakout stars, people maybe who are already a big star anyway and have really stood out in this tournament, obviously the obvious two in this game. And then the flops as well, the players that you expected more from in this World Cup. Are there any names that come to mind on, on either side of that, Mark Ogden? I knew you were going to come to me first. Thanks for giving me the title. <laughs> <laughs> you've been, you, you know, you've been writing a lot as well after games. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Might be I know. A, few, a few reports that... John yeah, I mean, I, I t a lot of the Moroccan players... I mean, look, Hakim Zayish really surprised me because I've seen him at Chelsea a lot and he's not really impressed. So I just think he's found a different level in this tournament, Ziyech. And, uh, you know, there's, there's been... I think Martinez has, has had a great tournament in goal. I think he probably been the goalkeeper of the tournament ahead of maybe Novakovic, the the Croatian. I just think that it's hard to pick players that have, have jumped out because the, for me, this has been the tournament of the the great players, like showing us how great they are. Luka Modric, Mbappe, you know, Messi's been great. The Portugal team were better when Ronaldo stepped out or was dropped. So it's it's been. It's been a strange World Cup, but the one, the one thing for me that I, I, I'm interested to find out is which of the breakout or the so-called breakout players are going to get moves in January on the back of the World Cup. Because I don't know if people, if the guys remember Karol Paborski, he's like the famous kind of litmus test of never buy a player on the back of a good tournament because Paborski had a great Euro 96, went to Man United, it was, it was awful. So is Cody Gakpo going to be the guy? Is Cody Gakpo going to be the guy that gets a big move in January and, and is proven to be not quite ready for the Premier League or, or a big league? So... I mean, Julian Alvarez is, is obviously in a great tournament. But I do think that it is very... Clubs have got to be careful not to jump in on some of the players that have surprised them because international football and the World Cup is totally different to what you're going to get in, a, in the Premier League or La Liga, the Bundesliga, the Champions League. So it'll be interesting to see which players do get a move on the back of this tournament because in the past we've seen that players that do move... I mean, I think El Hasjouf went to Liverpool after World Cup 2002 and again was really poor. So just be, just be wary of, uh, of signing players that have a really good World Cup because doesn't always mean they'll have a good uh, a good transfer to the next team. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, well, Emiliano Martinez is officially the goalkeeper of the tournament, and rightly so. Tremendous. Uh, and it's worth mentioning, by the way, that he wasn't even considered for Argentina for a long time. Uh, moves to Aston Villa, obviously does that great first season, and then he, he gets picked up by Scaloni. So Emiliano Diego Martinez totally deserves it. I would say that half the Moroccan team deserved to be mentioning. Amrabat was absolutely fantastic. Unahi as well. You know, uh, Bono, of course. Jude Bellingham have had some great, great moments in this tournament as well. And Antoine Griezmann deserves another mention just because, you know, uh, not including today, but 
Didier Deschamps uh, did put him in, in this new sort of hybrid Conte role that we really have never seen before, definitely not with the national team. So I wonder what, what, what his future will look like, even immediate future from, from January. So there's been some tremendous performances. And, you know, from a disappointment performance, I mean, Uruguay has to be up there for me. I thought that just overall from a squad perspective, you know, it, it was really disappointing to see somebody like Fede Valverde, who we talked so highly of in this tournament, and uh, or at least leading up to the tournament, didn't deliver. So those to me would be the key players. But great to see uh, Emiliano Martinez and Enzo Fernandez as well winning the uh, young player of the tournament as well. Ale? What do you want from me, Kay? You want flops or you want outstanding I players? Want, I'm not quite I sure. Want, I want outside of this game today, so outside of these sides, because we've just had a little look at that. Go on then, give, give me your flops first. Be harsh first. Wow. And, 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 and there I thought I was a positive guy. Um, <laughs> look, I, I, it, it's impossible to turn your back from uh, Belgium and, and what they were supposed to be in this tournament and what they ended up being. And if you're going to talk about Belgium, it's obvious to talk about Romero Lukaku and the chances that he missed against Croatia. But beyond Lukaku, I would suggest that Kevin De Bruyne coming into this tournament would have been one of the best players in the world and still remains one of the best players in the world, but he didn't play like that. And he didn't have that kind of impact. He didn't have the impact on his team that a guy like Luka Modric has on his. He didn't have the impact that, say, Lionel Messi had on his. And he is their Lionel Messi. He is their Luka Modric. So I thought that Kevin De Bruyne came up short in the biggest moment. And a team that as a whole came up short. So I, I thought they were disappointing and just overall the feel about Belgium and thinking, I don't know how many times I have said this and how many times they have been described as a golden generation. Well, I think we can stop that now. That generation is now done and Belgium didn't have much to show for, certainly in this tournament. So for me, it's the, that's the biggest name that I can come up with. And I think it's the most obvious name of the superstars coming into this tournament. All right. So that's nice to hear from all that side. And we'll end on the little positive there. In terms of this World Cup in itself, now it was Gianni Infantino who said it. And even before this game, he said it. So you can take that with a pinch of salt too. We definitely know this is the best World Cup final game we've ever seen. He says it was the best World Cup ever. Does anybody disagree with that? Or are we sick of people also, also saying like, this has to be the best. It's better than this. Is it like, are we always comparing everything, does it seem? It's amazing that he picks the World Cup that he's presiding over as the best. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that, well, hey, it is my FIFA that is organizing this World Cup and that brought it here to Qatar. And of course, it is the best ever. Come on, Danny. Come on. We started the World Cup with you telling us how you feel. All right. I don't want to hear about how you feel anymore, Gianni Infantino. Get out of here. This is, if, if in this, this is the best World Cup, it's not because it's your World Cup. It has to do with the storylines coming into this final. I will submit this. It's the best World Cup final I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, best World Cup final for sure. Messi officially Golden Ball winner, player of the tournament uh, after this. Feels as though it's a worthy winner as well in Argentina, Mark Ogden. Just to take it back full circle, let's remember the route that they've had there. We've seen Scaloni have to make changes to this side. We've seen that they lost that first game to Saudi Arabia and then coming back and getting the mentality right again, making some big decisions when it came to calls of who would play, who he would pull out. Obviously, Lautaro Martinez, one of those players early on, 
And then we get to see a lot more from Julian Alvarez as well. So we've seen a lot of that too. Does it feel at the end of all of this and with the final that we saw that they are more than worthy of this World Cup win? Mark Ogden might have... Uh, he's frozen in time. He's frozen there. <laughs> what would you say, Luis? What would be your thoughts to that? Well, I mean, I think it's important to remember that, just like Alice said, you know, there's been so much controversy in terms of getting this World Cup to where it is. Let's not forget Gianni Infantino lives in Qatar, right? So, like, he's going to say what he's going to say. I, I, I think that we need to remember this World Cup as, uh, you know, for both the good and the bad, obviously the fact that it was in the winter or at least our, you know, uh, our side of the world's winter or the fall, et cetera, has created some, so much more of a controversy as well. You know, obviously the human rights issue uh, and, you know, you can't escape that. You can't take it away. The fact that it wasn't, you know, as opposed to the fact that when we have it in, a, in two countries or one country, it's more geographically separated. So this has been a very intriguing World Cup. And also there were ma massive moments in the group stages where we were like, you know, there's not that much going on, a lot of disappointment, and it took a little bit for them to get going. I think there's a romanticism just because of like, finally, uh, I know that Ali and I have said this, obviously, selfishly, we've wanted a South America to come back and win this. But I, I would say that this wrapping up this World Cup signifies itself as, as one that historically speaking, we can remember for being great and for having a lot of controversy. But let's not take anything away from what we just witnessed today, which was a remarkable, remarkable match. Incredible stuff. Just like John Keats said, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. And I think we're going to remember this today. Mark Ogden's decided to join the party again. Mark, worthy winners, Argentina. Definitely. Absolutely. I think, you know, they, like I said, they've, they've come through it the hard way. They've had some difficult moments. I think at times they've got the, you know, despite Scaloni rather than because of, I think, you know, some of his selections have confused people a little bit. I think he, you know, he, he's kind of stumbled on formations. I was surprised, for instance, that he didn't play Lisandro Martinez today. I think he's been one of their best defenders, but, you know, he got it right. Whatever way he sliced it, he got it right. They won the World Cup, so you can't criticise Scaloni. One thing that I hope that comes out of this is that that FIFA Infantino, you know, who we're all sick of, never mind sick of his comparisons, we're sick of him. I just hope that he looks at the impact Argentina have had on the pitch and off the pitch. The fans have been amazing. Brazilian fans have been amazing. Give the 2030 World Cup to South America. Stop this nonsense about, you know, maybe going to Saudi Arabia or going somewhere else. It's a Centenary World Cup, 2030. These fans have travelled in absolute thousands to the Middle East. They travelled in thousands to Russia. It's time to pay them back and give the World Cup to a region that really, really lives for football. Give the World Cup in 2030 to Argentina and Uruguay and Chile if they want to join as well. But let's let's go back to a, a proper football nation. And I think that's what the Argentina fans have, have kind of pushed the course for that this time. They've been amazing. So that would be my hopefully legacy of this, that South America gets a World Cup on the back of Argentina winning it. Yeah, I think Ali Moreno might be behind that as well. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I say so. Hey, Mark, good shout out. Yes, I agree with you, Mark. Yes, indeed. And, and, and to that point, if for those of us that were able to cover the 2014 World Cup in Brazil, if you happen to be based out of Rio, you would remember that as Argentina was advancing in the tournament, Rio was no longer Brazilian. Rio de Janeiro became Argentinian. And 
And that's what they do. And that's, that's an obvious short trip for Argentina to get to Brazil and do that. But it's not a short trip to get to Qatar. And they managed to be able to do that again. The fact that they follow this team and in and, and the manner in which they do and with the passion, it also tells you the amount of pressure that was on this player. It also tells you the amount of pressure, while he may admit it or not, that was indeed only on El Messi. And to the point of pressure, if, if I'm able to circle back here to the game for a second, instead of the big picture, I'm going to go with the micro. Lionel Messi, in a moment of pressure, he's still doing the slow run-up, staring at the goalkeeper and saying, I'm going to hold my nerve. You're not. I'm the big timer. You're not. You're going to dive out of the way. I will find the other side. Do you know how difficult that is with all that expectation, with all the hopes of a nation on your shoulder, that everybody in the world is looking at you? and that you are able to handle the moment with the greatness that Lionel Messi did, that's something special. And it just goes back to that now relationship that exists between the Argentina fan and Lionel Messi that wasn't there before. This took some building. This took some doing. This took some winning and winning hearts and how difficult it is to win hearts. Lionel Messi has done that and more, and this Argentina team deserve to win this World Cup. Gorgeous picture there, Lionel Messi with the World Cup, the long-awaited World Cup, the last one that he needed to add to his collection. Luis, 2026, the World Cup is going to be Mexico, Canada and US. I know it's very early, but why not? Early predictions for who's going to win it all in 26. And obviously there are more teams in it this time around as well. Oh, my God. You've given me an early prediction to who's going to win 2026. All right. Well, look, I think... My, it has to be Brazil now, surely. I'm going to get it right once out of like, you know, a blue moon. I don't know. It's going to be difficult to predict, okay, because of what you just said. An expanded World Cup is very tricky to get. Will England finally make it happen now that Gareth Southgate is staying? Oggy, of course, is fully shaking his head proverbially, even at least. Well, you know, will France will start to take themselves again because this is not an old French team as well. How about the Germans as well? Will they have learned their mistakes from this past World Cup? Will South America rejoice again with Argentina because it will be a different Argentina, of course? Or like I said, will Brazil make it happen? I just hope that Peru is there. I just hope that Venezuela is there. I just hope <laughs> to make it a big, big celebration. I think that's my main thing. No, I'm not saying USMNT. So whoever's commenting in the chat, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Mark, who have you got winning it? We're throwing it ahead. Yeah, well, if you say yes, you're right. I'd, I'd say you got to go with France because France... They've lost today, but they always produce players. They've got a great production line of young players coming through. So France will be there or thereabouts. But I do think that Germany will be strong again. I think, you know, Musiala is one of the players of the tournament. You know, one of the rising stars, I should say. I forgot to mention him earlier. But I think Germany, they don't make too many mistakes too often. So I think Germany will be back. I think Italy, you know, we've forgotten about Italy. They haven't qualified for the last two tournaments. But, you know, I'm pretty sure in 2026, they will not make it three misses in a row. And Italy are a great tournament team. I don't fancy Brazil. I just think Brazil... You know, they've got a lot of older players that won't be there. Will Neymar be there? He'll be 34 in 2026. 20, England, you know, for me, Harry Kane, he won't be around in 2026. But who replaces him? They haven't got a goal scorer coming through. So I think, I think you've got to look at the usual suspects and France are at the top of the list. Argentina, without Messi, it's going to be difficult. I just think you look at France and I think if you're looking for one of the hosts to do well, I think the US can actually do well. I think they can get, hit the quarterfinals or beyond because the home advantage, a team that's going to reach the peak at that point in time, 
I think the US have got a good chance of being a, a team that goes deep, but they need a striker. I think everybody needs a striker. But yeah, France to win it, USA to be the surprise team, and Mexico to get out of the group again. It might be whether the manager actually decides to call the strikers that he has up. But that's by the by. Ali Moreno, who have you got? It, it's funny to hear Mark trying to uh, gain followers in the North American market. <laughs> huh? Come on, you were sticking yeah. up for Southgate last night on the show. I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to corner the market here. Is, is what Mark's doing. Um, and it's also funny to hear Mark say, "Well, Neymar is going to be 34." Well, Messi was 35 in this World Cup, so I'm not comparing those two. Come on, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If we're gonna throw, if we're gonna throw numbers and ages around, then maybe that's not the one to throw around. Um, You can never discount Brazil, of course. Uh, I think Argentina, how they build from here on out, and what they become post Messi. If indeed we have entered the post Messi era. Uh, will be interesting to see. And while I've said everything that I've said about Mark, I agree with him. France. <laughs> <laughs> France seems to be the one that are more equipped for the future, the immediate future, and then in four years' time. Uh, imagine what Kamavinga is in four years' time. Imagine what Chuameni is in four years' time. Konate, Upamecano. They got to find themselves a, a, a proper right back because I don't think Kunde is that for them. He's more of a center back, center back anyway. Uh, but in terms of all the options that they have, uh, I think France has many other things that other teams simply don't have at this point. All right. It's been great to have you, Ali Moreno and Mark Ogden, on the daily throughout the whole of the World Cup. We're going to let you go now. And uh, thanks so much for being with us. Luisa, it has been quite the ride this World Cup for us, hasn't it, here on this live YouTube show, coming up immediately after all the games. We've had so much fun. So much fun. It's been an absolute pleasure to work with one of my best friends in, in the industry in UK and having all our colleagues and our friends join us. And we have a ridiculous team led by Rob Moore and everybody in the UK and the US as well. So I'm just very thankful for everybody that has watched. Like you said, we've had two episodes a day from the group stages. We kept on going in the knockout stages and, of course, wrapping it all up in the final. So we hope that this little community of ours keeps growing and growing. And whether you're Argentinian or French or Peruvian or from Middlesbrough or Italy <laughs> or Africa, we hope that you've really enjoyed it. And we just want to keep on growing. It's been an absolute pleasure. We want to keep on growing. We want to keep on going as well. The World Cup shouldn't end this. So we won't say too much right now, but let's just say we love this formula. We've had some great feedback from you guys. Great numbers as well. And thank you so much for all the messages that you've sent us. Thank you for always joining us after those games to be part of the conversation with us, often sending your questions in as well. Let's just say it doesn't end here. But what we will also say is that Argentina are World Cup champions. A huge congratulations to them. Thank you so much for being with us throughout the whole of the World Cup. <laughs>